planning for the new year takes time, insights, and feedback from a variety of players. On today's AV Social, we're going to talk about what goes into making a great editorial calendar, why you should be working on it now, and how to get key players in your company engaged. All that on more on this episode of AV Social. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Social number 51. Outcome, not output. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions. And by Middle Atlantic, what great systems are built on. As we do each fall here at AV Social, we remind you that now is the time to start thinking about your social and marketing calendar for the new year. Today, we're going to highlight some best practices in creating an editorial calendar, executing it throughout the year, developing a plan for the new year, and when the best time to start marketing to clients about upcoming events, specials, and deals might be. I'm Dawn Mead. This is AV Social. And as usual, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Ms. Kelly Perkins. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Dawn. How's it going? Wonderful. How are you? I am good. And who else is with us today, Kelly? We have Abby Wolf with Corey's AV. Hi. Welcome. We have Haley Klein with PSNI. Hi there. And Miss Amanda Rowe from Bose Professional. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming, guys. Absolutely. So, Thank you, everyone. We kick it off here. Um, so maybe, Haley, do you want to start? When would you start planning for 2020? Sure. Um, there's no really hard, fast rule, in my opinion, as to when you should start planning. I think that's good marketers. It's really an ongoing thing. Um, always trying to look at what you can do better and how you can expand on things that you've historically done in the past. Um, that being said, I think that you need to evaluate um, what you have done in order to analyze some of those strongest deployments and strong of, strongest things you've done throughout the year and expand on those. So, I think having a check-in probably after the first half of the year is probably a good starting point. You're not too early at that point. You're kind of right in the middle of things. Um, personally for us, it works well because our organization is very heavily weighted on events in the first half of the year. Um, and during those events, we make it a point to gather feedback from our members. Um, so we take that feedback, we assess it with the team, and really identify what we did well um, and where we can expand and maybe where we, can where we completely miss the mark in some cases, um, and then evaluate that to be in planning for the 2020 year. So I think it's kind of a, de it depends on what you're doing in the organization, but I think six months is kind of a good starting point um, into getting that 2020 strategy in place. Rock on. How about you guys? I like to align it with the organization's goals. So if we're setting goals, we typically do it in October. So I don't know if that's late as far as standards go for companies to start setting their goals for 2020 or the following year, but that's when we do it. And so in about October, I start aligning our editorial calendar with those goals to make sure that we're going to reach them um, and that we're aligned with, with what's happening in the, in the company in 2020. I, I would agree. Um, depending upon what your financial year is, if your fiscal matches with your calendar, then it's a little bit easier just to say, yeah, end of 
end of October, beginning of October, but we're the, we're the same way. We look at about four to five months out and we start having internal conversations and then you determine what it is that the organization is focused on goal-wise, like Abby said, and you reiterate, like Haley said, you know, what worked, what didn't, what did we completely miss the mark on? And then just make sure that you have those internal conversations where you can really start having some intelligent conversation around how to be better and learn from the successes that you have from that year you're coming out of. Amanda, you brought up a good point when you mentioned if your fiscal year aligns with your calendar year. Um, And a lot of people do their planning based on their fiscal year. Um, I know we have an integrator, a manufacturer, and an integrator group on the call today. it, you know, I don't know what Corey AV's specialty is, but I know in the past, a lot of places I worked for had specialties within the AV integration world. Do you think there's value to aligning your calendar to your specialty? So say if you're uh, primarily in the K through 12 or college market, maybe your calendar would begin, you know, at the at the end of school year so that you're ready for the next school year or government, you know, buying year ends in September. So if you're working in the government sector, you know, does that play a role in, in planning? Definitely. I think that's the most important aspect um, to our editorial calendar is knowing what our clients years look like and what their schedule looks like. Because honestly, if you're, if you're trying to push out information and say you're targeting education and you're just, sending out messages throughout the summer, nobody's hearing that. Um, And then aligning with their budget years, you know, uh, we start planning for um, right now when people are setting their budgets for next year. So we're sending out proposals and trying to get as many um, things out the door in preparation for them to be able to budget. So I think that's most important to us when looking at the editorial calendars, what are our clients experiencing right now and how can we fit into that? Yeah, totally agree. It does. There is a benefit to align, um, like Abby was saying, there's a benefit to aligning your efforts, your focus, your timing to the vertical or the individual um, organizations that you're trying to do business with so that you are in that same stage in your preparation and you can react to things that opportunities or a shift in focus within the market within the same time frame that they do and you are potentially on that same budgetary uh, distribution uh, timetable that they would be on as well. Great. So as, as you start your plans, whether it's for the end of the calendar year or the beginning of the next year, um, how much flexibility should you kind of build in to those calendars for surprise events or cancellations, unplanned situations? Um, you know, it, I know we want to have these calendars and we want to like adhere to them because it keeps us on track because there's so much we could be doing, but uh, you know, what sort of flexibility do you build into the calendar or or do you you just wing it? I would love to know of any professional, you know, in our expertise, whether it's advertising, whether it's marketing communications, whether it's public relations specifically, we all, you always have to have flexibility. I, I mean, I, I know I see everybody's head nodding and stuff. Absolutely. You obviously have your underlying calendar for each quarter and down to each month. 
you have your, you know, any, any announcements that your organization is making, any opportunities to participate in trade shows or, or customer events along that line. But we all know that somewhere along there, we're going to need to be flexible to react to an opportunity or a shift and have the appropriate budget, whether it's a bucket in your, on your line item for your budget or whether it's knowing that you have internal or even external resources that you can tap when you have to ramp up and everybody's busy, so. Right. Abby Haley, anything to add there? I like to think of our editorial calendar as just a framework and we kind of fill in from there. It's really important to me to leave at least half of the month kind of flexible um, so that so that if something does roll in or, or we need to react to something in the industry, we can, um, rather than being kind of strapped to our own plan um, strictly and kind of being, um, that's a part of the work we do anyway, is being able to adapt and ebb and flow. Um, right. And it's, it's important in an editorial calendar as well. Yeah, I completely agree with what both Abby and Amanda said. I mean, you never really know what's going, what the trends are going to be in the industry, what, you know, is happening in the news that you can correlate something that you're actively doing, um, different geographies, et cetera. So it's just remaining flexible, I think, is very, very key to having a good strategy in place. Um, you know, a lot of times we have just random things that come up. It's just life. That's everybody. So I think that just having some flexibility built in, um, whether that be that you literally build it out into your editorial calendar or you just make sure that you are personally flexible, I think is just very, very key. Terrific. Um, so what goes into that editorial calendar? You know, Abby mentioned a framework. Um, you know, Amanda mentioned maybe putting in some buckets of flexible time or, or something like that. But what is the basic minimum that you should put into an editorial calendar and and what do you wish yours had that it doesn't or didn't have that it does <laughs> more time more money yeah yep. more time more money aside from the obvious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well i can share that in the strategy and the plans that i've made you know regardless of what organization i'm a part of you know you have you have it broken down to across your marketing communications discipline. So you have your advertising, you have your events, you have your trade shows, you have your customer opportunities, you have your public relations, which covers not just the community that you're in, but also through the media and the analysts in the industry that you are in as well. And social media is key to that as well. I mean, we all know social media is such a huge part of the voice that we have with, our, with the communities that we talk to and the customers that we try and enrich their, their work lives with. So at a start, that's usually where I stand. And then as brainstorming with others and just brainstorming on what other peers are doing, re adding that out and populating that out and that naturally for me creates that framework that Abby was talking about framework, have enough flexibility in it to opportunities and populate it out. Yeah, for me, I like to start with a target. If it's a target audience or, or a, a specific geography, like specific geography or areas that we'd like to target, whether it's a vertical, whatever it is, um, starting there and then filling in with industry events or different key points that we might be able to reach a, a larger audience um, that aligns with that target. Um, that's kind of how we start out the editorial process and then from there fill in the specific content that gears to that target. 
Yep, completely agreed. Ours adds a little bit of an extra element into it in that we have a few different channels we focus on rather than a traditional end user. So we've got some internal communications, meaning our integrators, um, and then our external, meaning our end users. Um, so we have kind of two different calendars going on as to what we're pushing out, um, exclusive events for integrators versus business opportunities with end users. So we've got a little bit of an added element to it, but exactly aligning those things together where they make sense is the most important for us. I wish we were a little more organized in it sometimes, but we have our little weekly check-in to see that we're not overdoing it um, with any particular audience or channel, which is, which I, you know, what comes up a lot for us because um, there is so much going on, but yep, making, making the alignments where possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as an editorial calendar, at least in my experience, it is, for me, it's a lifesaver because it keeps me on track. <laughs> and like discussing the, the flexibility and, and what it doesn't have or does have, it's like there has to always be flexibility. Um, but for me, it's, I'm one of those people that I have to have a calendar or I will forget and not do it and procrastinate and I just go off the rails. So for me, it's more of a, definitely a check-in, like you have to, I have to have it. I think that's common for marketing folks to <laughs> creatives just kind of, yeah. oh, shiny. <laughs> Which is something I was going to ask, you know, I, I, I've in the past attempted editorial calendars when I was in a more marketing-centric role and inevitably would get distracted either, you know, with the flexibility, something in the news happened or something in the industry happened, focus on that. And then it's kind of that vapor lock of where do I go next? Do I go back to the one we skipped yeah. to, you know, make sure we include it? Do I stick with the calendar going forward and just drop that theme? I mean, how do we evaluate and adjust our calendar or our plan as, as, as things happen? And, and not just by adding things, but I mean, you know, we're coming up on, you know, different uh, anniversaries or with everything in the news, sometimes negative things happen and we have to kind of, for out of respect, put the marketing on hold for a week or two and then getting back on track. How do we, how do we evaluate and adjust that? I think you, you said it just perfectly, Don. You evaluate and you adjust mm -hmm. because, you know, if, if you're looking at a 12-month calendar and you have 12, you know, topics that you want to cover on a monthly basis, something's going to come along and in month five, that topic isn't going to be relevant right now. And it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, right now we're not going to talk about X because it's really not relevant. We have another opportunity. So let's put a pin in the original topic considered for that month. And let's focus on this opportunity that we have that people are talking about right now. So it goes back to, you know, evaluating, reevaluating and making sure that you're not just locking in an editorial calendar, not locking in activities for each quarter and, not moving from that because like um, Kelly said, you know, it's your, it's your guidepost, right? Your, your calendar is your North star so that you can periodically do a touch base and make sure that you're at least hitting the high level goals that you wanted to hit, but that you adjust and you remain flexible. Yeah, beautifully said, Amanda. I think it's just what we keep talking about. It's that flexibility that's built in and then kind of helps to have that archive bucket of, okay, this is what I had planned. This is what I have in creation. And now I can go back and I can add that in at a time where maybe my resources are tapped and I need something. So it's, it's right. a good opportunity to live in the moment on those specific, in those specific times. Yep. Well, 
especially, you know, you know, coming from a manufacturer, it's like products are never released when you want them to be released, you know? So it's like, (laughs) you have to have that flexibility and the, the ability to say, okay, not yet. Or like Haley said, have some, have some stuff in the, in the can ready and waiting for, um, you know, for those times where you just, you just stuff isn't planned and isn't ready. So within and without the company, uh, inside and outside, who should be involved in executing your calendar throughout the year? Um, I mean, we're, you know, we're all or have been marketing people. So of course, it's always on us. And as Kelly says, we get overwhelmed and, you know, follow, try to follow that calendar. But there's so many things going on that we just have to do, especially if you're a one man or woman marketing team. Um, who, who, who should we get? Who, who do we tap? Who do we say, hey, you know, October is the month of this and this, you know, we're going to cover, um, give us content or help us or give me ideas folks for me for me i love to bring in the folks that get excited about new ideas so on my team um if you mention something to somebody there are quite a few people will come back to you and be like i have an idea for that you know i don't believe in designing by committee especially when it comes to an editorial calendar but i do believe in communicating exactly your idea for what that month holds or what the the two week time frame holds. That's how we do it. We do it a month. Um, we reevaluate at a month and then we do it again on the two week mark just so that we're staying relevant mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of on our toes. But when you jazz them up at the beginning of the year about specific topics, um, they have months to look for opportunities and to help you kind of find information that you might need. Um, uh, some of our best content we've ever done has come from ideas because employees got jazzed up about something that I mentioned or something that we were planning on doing. So I think it's really important um, to get their buy-in with ideas so and not are, are, in the plan. I mean, who are these employees? Do you reach out to your executives, to your to your techs, to your you know, office staff? I mean, who, so you know, I would say... Don, with that, it's understanding because we all have to answer to executive management, right? We all need to make sure that we understand at the highest level what the goal is for the organization for that fiscal year, as well as how this current year plays into where we want to be and what we want to succeed at a few years down the road. So, you know, like a lot of disciplines, we're working in the here and now, as well as preparing what we're doing to have effects down the road. And so I have found once identifying what those goals are, what is it that we need to accomplish, making sure that those are solidly stated and understood, then like Abby was saying, then you find out where your passion lies within your organization. And sometimes that passion lies just outside your organization with a customer or a partner. And that's where you can really tap the knowledge and the excitement around a certain topic or a certain idea to populate and to fill in, you know, if you have an opportunity to do something around a social campaign. One of the things that I know that everybody on this, in this conversation can, can address or can identify with is <clears throat> all too often, people want to jump directly to the tactics. They want to say, oh, yeah, we should put together a piece of collateral that says this, or we should definitely participate in this event and make sure we have this many people in seats and making sure that we step back and we really talk about 
what it is that we want to accomplish for this time period and how are we going to measure it and being outcome focused and not output focused. So I, I found in my, my experience when I, when I asked them, now are you talking about a specific output or do we need to take a pause and talk about what, what is the outcome that we're looking for? What are we trying to achieve and make sure that those expectations and that goal for achievement is aligned is significantly key as well. That's, that's, that's great out, outcome based versus output based because I, I know in my years in, in marketing, I've been like, oh, I have to get like three blogs written and I have to get like 12 posts out. And if I don't do that this week, it's not going to happen. And who's going to help me with that? So thinking more about the end result rather than just the quantity of words or pictures we spew mm -hmm. out. I think that's, that's, that's pretty brilliant. So thank you for that, Amanda. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, hey, and Ellie, anything? Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and the, the, you know, you also brought up a good point, Amanda, about metrics. Like, you have to measure because, you know, measure and, and go back and evaluate. Is this working? Is this not working? You know, you can't, but they say that, you know, the, the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again and not changing. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I think metrics are important and I think, you know, it's a lot of work and it's hard, but it, but it pays off in the end. So I think well said. Well said. Yeah. Bravo. Amanda's killing it today. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell the coffee's kicked in. <laughs> Editorial calendar, put Amanda on all the shows. Cause she's <laughs> right. No pressure. Um, so, you know, here we are, we, we, we've picked the time of year, we, we've, we've started talking about budget, we've evaluated and looked at metrics of what we've done in the past and what we hope to accomplish outcome-wise. What are your best couple of tips or tricks to get your team to help you plan? Because I, I know very often we're one man or one woman shows, but we're never really a one man or one woman company. So we've, we've got other folks in the company. How do we get other folks on board to get that buy-in that, that you all mentioned? Donuts. Um, get people excited. <laughs> Donuts. <laughs> all right, free food. <laughs> Making them own it. You know, like, what are you hearing out in the field? You know, what, what are our clients saying to you? And getting them to start thinking about that kind of mentality of, oh, I've answered that question four times this week. Maybe that's a blog or, you know, um, I, I really care about this one topic and I got certified in it and now I want to, I want something done with this. You know, I think that kind of buy-in is priceless because then you've got multiple marketing people out in the field mm -hmm. rather than just yourself, which mm -hmm. is the case with me. Yeah, absolutely. Abby, that's a really good point. Once people have skin in the game, and once you have conversations with them and share with them, you know, I, you're the one that's out in the market. You're the one that's having the conversations. You're the one that's dealing with the challenges of the phone calls, et cetera. What is it consistently that you are hearing or what is it that you continuously come across? And like Abby said, maybe it is a blog post. Maybe it's addressing it through a piece of collateral. Maybe it is answering somehow the questions that keep coming up from integrators in an article that's educational, you know, in several of the channel books. So that's, that's absolutely right, Abby. 
Mm -hmm. Agreed. I think um, making your editorial calendar a resource for your team is absolutely imperative. Um, it's helpful. They can give you feedback in real time. It's, you know, discuss trends and it, like Abby said, just give skin in the game, makes them excited, makes them passionate when they see something that they've accomplished or can give input to and that see that in writing or in video or in any kind of content outlet. Um, I think that's where the aforementioned check-ins are so important to the success of any given party, just um, whether that be a quarterly business review or annual meeting or what have you, just again, to identify those opportunities or you know something very informal with different engineering teams, sales teams, et cetera, just to, to build out that information on what they're coming across or what they're excited about, um, I think is a good way to get them excited and to you know get them involved. Um, and then planning early. <laughs> I'm very guilty of this, but I think planning it out earlier will give you more wiggle room. And again, we'll develop a framework that then you can work with. So I think that's the best way to kind of get your team involved and make them just as excited as you are to be, to be creating this stuff. Well, and a lot of the times too, they, you know, it's, I think it's our jobs, you know, as, as marketing leaders to pull that information from them too, you know, because we work with a lot of smart people <laughs> and uh, like ridiculously smart. And sometimes they, you know, sometimes people struggle to realize that what's in their heads are so important and so interesting to the rest of the world and they just can't explain it. So I think it's, it's important for us to, to really reach out and get that knowledge and that information out of their brains out to the real world. Mm -hmm. Translated. That reminds me. That reminds me. One of the. Uh, uh, it was actually one of the NSCA summits that I went to um, when it, several years ago, and they said, "Forget the elevator pitch. You want to be able to tell people in ten words or less what you do." Mm -hmm. And as an AV marketer, my ten words were, "I translate or interpret tech talk for humans." So what Kelly said: get to know what people are passionate about, what they're technology is or their, or their design is or understand what our teams are doing outside of the little marketing room or marketing corridor and then use that to talk to our customers. You know, that's a really good point. I remember having conversations in uh, previous roles where whether it was an executive or an engineer or somebody would look at me and say, I don't understand why, we, why we're having this conversation. Explain to me why you want to talk about this. And it was sharing with them that that knowledge that they have that is every day and is natural to them is not the knowledge that is readily available within the industry. So they needed to be that subject matter expert and, and, and provide that information, that perspective, that understanding, whether it's, whether it's a technology or a trend, and how can we best do that so that the conversations we have share that knowledge and share that information so it does become commonplace. So also having those conversations internally as well. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're coming up at the end of our time here today. I want to thank all of our guests for being here today. And one of the things we do here on AV Nation is we always do a once around the table to let everyone know where we can find you and or your company online or in the real world. So um, let's start with Miss Haley Klein. Where can folks find you? Where can folks find PSNI? Yep, you can find me at PSNI.org or you can find PSNI rather at PSNI.org. And then you can find us on any of our social channels. Um, we are at P 
PSNI underscore AV on Twitter or PSNI underscore Haley on Twitter. And we are also on LinkedIn and Facebook. Wonderful. Thank you for coming. Thanks. Abby, where can folks find you or Corey's AV? If you want to follow Corey's audiovisual, you can find us um, on all the social channels at Corey AV, no S. Um, you can also check out our website at Corey'sAudiovisual.com. Uh, we'd love to have you as a fan and a follower. Fantastic. Great. And can folks find you anywhere or just follow Corey's? And you don't want to hear that, I have to say, on social media. It's pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming here today and talking with us about this topic. Uh, Amanda, where can folks find you and or Bose Professional? So you can find uh, Bose Pro at pro.bose.com. And you can find me probably, whether you like it or not, <laughs> uh, on LinkedIn, Twitter, and um, Facebook, of course, as well as you can find Bose Pro too. So, Fantastic. Thank you for coming and using your words to say exactly what all of us were thinking half the time. <laughs> of course. And Kelly, uh, where can folks find you and NSCA and or Ignite? Um, well, NSCA, um, NSCA.org or IgniteYourCareer.org um, for the Ignite folks. And then you can find me, Kelly P. Perkins, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, as always, for coming and co-hosting with me. Um, of course, you. I'm Dawn Mead, AV Dawn. You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, most of the social networks as either Dawn Mead or AV Dawn. You cannot necessarily find my company because we don't talk about who I work for now that I work <laughs> for a very large government contractor of sorts. Um, that's a secret, but you can still find me on socials. And of course, you can always find me here at avnation.tv, hosting the AV Social Show and occasionally cropping up on some of the others as a guest. Thank you so much all for watching and listening. And this has been AV Social. <laughs>